Good evening, folks, and welcome to the Gridiron Crew, an American football podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. Wildcard weekend is just around the corner, so it's time for the preview crew. I'm your host, Dan, and joining me tonight are some of the finest crew members and a very special guest. Studs, with the likelihood of the Arrowhead Invitational not happening this year, we decided to extend an invitation to you to join the preview crew tonight. How are you? Yeah, not bad, mate. I'm, listen, Keith did message me earlier on and asked me to take a knee and bow out today, but after discussing it with some of the other team members, we thought it best that I get involved um, <laughs> since, I, since I've missed a few already. So, but now nah, I'm all good, man, all good. Um, well, the, the Chiefs are on the line-up in victory formation much this season, have they? <laughs> don't have to. We've won, the defence has won the game for us, so we don't need to worry about victory formations. <laughs> Fresh from celebrating Blair Walsh Day, it's Craig, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, mate. I wonder what you were going to bring up there. Ah, yesterday was Blair Walsh Day and it was Brian's birthday. Um, that was that was not a not a highlight of the Vikes' recent history, but good Vikes news today. They're coming back to London. Yes. Yep. Can't wait. Very excited about that one. So, aye, some good news there. Yeah, we'll get to that a wee bit later on. We'll go a wee bit of chat on the International Series as well. Happy days. Our special guest is going to get the usual treatment from uh, what our first-time guests always usually get. So, first of all, we'll get Ross. I'm not going to tell you what team he follows, but you can maybe see it. Is, maybe... Is, that, a, is that a real shirt or is that a pirate shirt? You no, that's the real one. Look at that badge. That's <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Ross. How are you? I'm not bad. Yourself? Not too bad. So, what we do with all first-time guests, Ross, is we basically get you a wee, a wee minute or so. You basically tell us... How you got into the sport first and how you picked your team so the floor's yours uh, i think the first game i ever watched was the broncos seahawks super bowl uh, and i had names i'm already blanking on names uh, but i had the first touchdown scorer on i put a pound on it i won six quid and i thought there's something in this and then i forgot about it for about five or six years and then i was at the pub watching red zone this team scored a touchdown they had a pirate ship in the stadium shooting a cannon i thought that's pretty cool scored another touchdown pirate ship and cannon goes again i thought that's the team i'm going to choose them little did i know probably the worst record uh, for wins and losses in the entire nfl that i chose but i it all worked out in the end four months later signed brady went on to win a super bowl that was good do you not mean that they signed Brady four months before that? Is that not what happened? No, 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 no. This was December. <laughs> we signed Brady in the March. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Um, no, that's great. I mean, everybody's come on. Everybody's got an interesting story about how they started following their team, whether it's like myself, the story of my dad, like yourself. There's always got an interesting story about mm. how a lot of people always tell us they basically opened up Madden one day and there's the first team that popped up. So that became Hi. their NFL team. So, um, now, welcome. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, no, thanks for having me. To hear what you've got to say. So, folks, the kickoff question, um, we better take that uh, theme with this one. So, obviously, this weekend we've got uh, Tyreek's going back to the Arrowhead, much to Studs' delight. We'll see if he's still feeling like that and come Monday night. Uh, Matt Stafford, obviously, going back to Detroit. Is he going to get a, is he going to get a friendly welcome? Um, and also, something that's is not as, as high profile, but we've got Mick McCarthy against the Packers again. It's another, another return as well. So, Tonight's uh, kickoff question is not just NFL or American football related. It's like, what's your favourite sporting return in terms of a player going back to play against his old team or her old team, or, or manager, coach, or going back to play for their old team? 
That makes sense, guys, yeah? Aye. Right, Craig, we'll come to yourself first. Who's your favourite return? <laughs> I was I was wondering if you were going to come to me first there, Dan. So I've I've gone a wee bit wee bit off grid here. Uh, I've not gone for an American football coach or an American football player. I've gone for a local hero. So I'm I'm gonna give a shout out to Hamilton Academical Legend, Jose Ketongo. So good. <laughs> So good was Jose Catongo. He didn't come back to Hamilton once. He came back twice. That's how good he was. <laughs> the Angolan legend himself. So I, I, I remember like mid nineties when he first joined Aki's, and he was absolutely brilliant. And me and my dad absolutely loved going down to watch him. Um, and I, he, he had a, he had a Jose Catongo T-shirt and everything, which was just brilliant. So I, when he came back, I was delighted. And then when he came back again, could could you believe it for a, for a third stint? So yeah, giving a wee shout, a wee bit of local love to Aki's legend there. It's, <laughs> it's, well, it's still in the area as well. He still coaches in the area. And I've actually refereed uh, thirty fives, seen somebody uh, break his legs basically because <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't touch him. Love his it. Boy, boy plays in Scotland. Who does his boy play for? Now? I can't remember the last time he was playing for. Um, was it Giants Park? Queen's Park. 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 I'm going to keep it tidy. I mean, I, I would like to find the old old and excuse scarf to go for Celtic Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I've actually, I have actually went with an uh, NFL one. And as soon as you gave us this question, this one comes straight into my head. I remember sitting watching Red Zone and actually seeing this incident, and there was a running back, and it's a uh, Brian won't be too happy with me for mentioning this, but it's a former Browns running back and Isaiah Crowell who returned to play against the Browns um, with the New York Jets. He scored two touchdowns against them. And Ooh. after these touchdowns, he decided to take the ball and kid on he was wiping his own backside with it. And That's then right. Jets at, at, um, at the dog pound, I believe. So that one we can that kind of stuck out for me. I'm sure I had him in one of my fantasy teams a year before as well. Um, but I crawl going back to the Browns and throwing the fans a ball after Whitey's backside with it. It's a particularly <laughs> interesting game. Hey, so Ross, what yourself? Hey, the obvious ones: Brady retiring in 2022 for 40 days. What a comeback! Uh, but I think my favourite comeback. It's not a team. It's just our for a team. It's Tiger Woods' comeback to come and win the Masters in 2019 after yeah, yeah. the injuries, the car crash, everything that happened, being the best, arguably the best player ever, to then go through all that, to then come back and win the Masters and that back nine. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's a great shout. Uh, I'm going to go completely left field with mine. Many know, many don't know, I'm a massive, massive wrestling fan. I always have been, even still now at 38 years old, I still watch it. Um, and I remember growing up, my favourite wrestler was Stone Cold. I absolutely loved him. It was the best going. And then last year, two years ago, he made a comeback. He was never wrestling again. And he made a comeback to, to fight Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. And I was back, transported back to being a teenager again, watching Stone Cold <laughs> in that ring. It was unreal. It was, I mean, 
Um, as, as, the, as the phrase goes, I was completely marked out by watching it. It was amazing. Excellent. Awesome. Guys, a good way to get to the chat. If you listen to his podcast and that, and I've seen him doing interviews in that particular WrestleMania, he was actually involved both nights. It yeah. was meant to, the second night, he was meant to just sit and get a couple of beers with Brock Lesnar, and the, he got asked to come out in the McAfee and Theory match. And yeah. ended up stunning Theory, McAfee, Vince McMahon, and then <laughs> And I remember listening to Pat McAfee the next day, and he was rough off the back of a drink session with Stone Cold and Brock Lesnar. It was absolutely <laughs> high as a kite as well, because I remember him saying, like you said, it's two of the most things I've ever wanted in my career, to have a beer with Stone Cold and to receive a stunner, and I got in both of them at the same time. <laughs> yeah. It was absolutely flying, and he was on the roof for about a weekend afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I know, no wonder he drinks two cans at once, though, Steve Austin, because he like smashes them together and then tries to drink half it, just goes like down the front of him. <laughs> it's all foamed up and everything. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, before we get into the details of this weekend's games, guys, let's have a quick chat about the international series. How's today? Um, slightly overshadowed. I don't know if anybody's seen the interaction between the uh, Shrags and NFL UK earlier on, where it was announced on Good Morning Britain. Oh, uh, Good Morning Britain. Good morning, uh, football. Um, and it was four minutes after Bill Belichick's news was announced. They announced the international games, so it was, <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty overshadowed. NFL UK was away in a half in the corner because Bill Belichick had stole <laughs> the spotlight from them. Uh, but um, this year was already as expected. The Jags played at Wembley. That was pretty much guaranteed. Uh, Go to Spurs this year. We've got uh, the Bears and. Craig's Vikings, Craig, you excited? Yes, the Vikings are coming back to London. Uh, well excited, mate, can't wait. Um, it's been been a few years, we were just saying that before we came on. Six years since they uh, played at Twickenham, which was the last time I saw them. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to, to hopefully getting back down this year and, and seeing them again. So, uh, it's going to be class, can't wait. Just um, need to see who we're playing against. I see it's a home game for us, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, see who our, our road opposition's going to be. Yeah, it should, should be interesting. I mean, I, I had a quick look at the Bears' schedule and the Vikings' schedule and then threw them in the bin and realised none of them are at home at the Cowboys this year, so I was raging. <laughs> 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 uh, and also we've got the Panthers uh, going to Germany, uh, which uh, should be quite an interesting one for them. Uh, I wonder if we've got, they may have a big fan base in Poland because they've got the Vraslav Panthers over there in the, the mm-hmm. EFL, uh, but they've got the exact same logo. Uh, as the Panthers, I think sort of link up because there's a team that's the Vienna Vikings or something. Like that. Aye, I'm going to say the Vienna ball. Vikings are the same, <laughs> basically exactly ripped off the Minnesota the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> there must be some sort of tie up, uh, and uh, the Sao Paulo team's not been announced yet. But um, got to fancy that'll be somebody like the Cardinals or kind of Southern States country t- team that will go down there because it tends to be Cardinals went to Mexico, obviously, and stuff like that. But we'll see how that one pans out over the next next few while and. Uh, the crew will keep you updated. Um, if any of you're a fan of any of these these teams, uh, drop us a wee message, get in ch- uh, contact, let us know if you'll be going to the games, who you fancy playing, uh, or any experiences you've had with international games in the past. Hey uh, Guys, it's time for the main event. Wildcard weekend is finally here. We've waited 18 weeks of the season. We've went through the trauma of ups and downs of the regular season, injuries, big plays, wee plays, disasters, highs and lows. We're now finally at the playoffs. So what we're going to do, folks, tonight, we're, going to, we're not going to get any great detail. We normally have not picked one game because Will Cal Weekend is too important just to focus on one game. So we're going to give a, have a, an extended version of our usual rest in one session. So we're going to go through all the games, give them a couple of minutes each, 
what we think of the games and, uh, and then we'll come to predictions after that. So first up, uh, we've got the Browns at the Texans. Um, so we've obviously got the, the old head and Joe Flacco against the new Prince and CJ Stroud. Guaranteed nobody predicted that those two would be going head-to-head in the uh, playoffs after the number two pick we've made last year. Uh, Craig, how, how's this one going to play out? Well, I think from from a Cleveland side, I mean, they've they've been rejuvenated. You've got to, got to give a, a massive shout-out to uh, to Joe Flacco. He's, he's been a, a revelation at Cleveland. The whole team has just absolutely rallied around him. And, and this game's just, on paper, it just looks so tight. Um, the, the Browns' defence is, is solid. Uh, they've... They've performed really, really well this year. And the Texans, the only thing that slightly disappoints me about this matchup is, and I, you kind of touched on it, that the what might have been, you know, the, the injuries that we've seen throughout this season. I would have loved to have seen uh, a full strength Texans offense playing against the, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, slightly disappointed that we're not going to see Tank Dell uh, lining up in this one. So, I mean, looking at the ESPN predictor, it's it's fifty fifty. It's a coin flip, uh, and I, I think in my predictor, I've I've leaned uh, back and forth. I'm not going to tell you who. I'm not going to tell you, but I've been going back and forth. But um, I, the the Flacco story for me is, is is a brilliant one. Like everybody loves an underdog, um, and Joe Flacco, like at the start of the season, was um, like. Uh, Oh, what's his name? The boy that the boy that was straight straight off the couch earlier on this season, and oh, he's intro. Yeah, yeah. Blackwell's right. come straight off the couch. Um, so I, I absolutely love that. I just think that's fantastic. Um, oh, what's the boy's name? That's terrible. Justin Pugh. Yeah, Justin, Justin Pugh, Pugh straight off the couch. Um, <laughs> So I just I, I love the fact that you know Flacco he's he's a tremendous talent, and and he said. Um, like when he was getting interviewed about you know, the possibility of coming back and playing in the league this year, he did say like he was still like, yeah, I think he said he was just like chucking the ball about with his brother, basically like just you know kind of keeping himself as, as sharp as he could do. So the fact that he's come in and he's just done so so well, uh, and then you know the Browns last game they, they rested them. They didn't really care. They, they they already had their eyes on on this game against the Texans. It's, it's massive for them. Um, all all credit to. Um, and Stefanski as well, you know, from a, a coaching side of things, you know, there's been so much turmoil. Like we all know about the turmoil that there's been at the Cleveland Browns. Um, so it's it's nice to have a bit of a kind of feel good story um, coming out of it, and them rallying behind a quarterback that we can all rally behind. That's that's quite nice for a change. Um, so I'd, yeah, I would I would like to see Flacco do well for that reason, but I also. I, I, I love, I love the Texans have just been so fun to watch this season. They have yeah. been absolutely brilliant. And and I love the fact that, I mean, we know quite a few guys, Texans fans, that have you know been in touch with the pod and been on the pods. Um, and to see where they've come from, like the, those those dark days um where you know they've they've had so many again quarterback disasters <laughs> to, to say the least. Um so yeah, to see, to see them coming back as well uh, into the playoffs is, is brilliant. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, the, the Texans have been one of the darlings of the crew this year. We've been, we've been right behind them. We've really enjoyed watching them playing and the, the transformation. I'm just going to throw some stats out. Are you just looking at uh, Flacco? Flacco, 300-plus yards and multiple TDs in his last four games. That's that's unreal. The Browns' D is number one in the league for yards allowed. Uh, flipping over the Texans, Nico Collins, as you mentioned, there about Tank Dale going out. Nico Kel- Collins has stepped up big time. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we last mm-hmm. week nine receptions for 195 yards last week. That is just ridiculous. And obviously with the cruise myself last week, that play 75 yards, one pass. And I remember reading the uh, reading. What's the commentators? They're like, I can't remember who it was. Was it Greg Olsen? I can't remember who was covering the game. Said they've had that yeah. play going up since Thursday. They've known since Thursday that was their first play of the game. That's the sort of thing that you do in, in the build up the game. And no matter when we get the ball first, that's the first play of the game. Catch them cold and it, and it worked. Um, CJ Stroud this season, four thousand one hundred eight yards, twenty three touchdowns, and only five interceptions. For a rookie oh. coming into the league to only throw, I mean, he went that that period for ages without throwing one at all. But five interceptions. How many games was it? He set, set an NFL record, didn't he, for like rookie with no no interceptions? Yeah. No. So only five. So, um, Ross, what's your thoughts on this game without telling us who you think is going to win? I think out of all the games for Wildcard Weekend, it has the possibility to be the biggest stinker. Oh. Because if you've got a rookie QB, we're possibly their best receiver, you know. Tank deals it, and then you've got a defense like the Browns, but they've got Joe Flacco, and I'm not saying that he's nobody. He has been fantastic, but it feels set up that it's going to be hyped, and I could really see it being a stinker. But I hope not. I would love to see loads of yards. I, I think someone like Dalton Schultz is so important with his experience as well. I could really see him coming into play. As you say, Nico Collins has been fantastic. Um, it's it's an interesting one as well. David Njoku, who's probably been one of my top five players of the season, I think he's been absolutely fantastic. It's a tough one. Out of all the games, I think it's maybe the hardest one to call. Yeah. So, Ross, in terms of, you mentioned quite a few of the offensive players for both teams here. So, if, over either, either team, who do you think, from an offensive point of view, pick, if you pick one player who's going to set this game alight from the offensive point of view, who's it going to be? It would need to be Nico Collins. And how I suppose he. CJ Stroud to Nico Collins I, for the Texans. In terms of for the Browns, uh, it's exactly like I say, it's in Joker, I think. I mean, the running game's going to be pretty interesting to see because that yeah, Cleveland yeah. defence is so good, but Devin Singletary is vast experience. He's a solid runner. He's powerful. It's it's going to be... I, I can't, there's a few players I can pick, but I think in Joker and, and maybe Nico Collins are the two to watch. Yeah. And Studs, from a defensive point of view, obviously we'll come to you a bit again in the next game, but in terms of a defensive point of view, who do you think one player from either team, doesn't matter which team, who's going to who's going to be step up and D for either team this week? I think um, the obvious one for the Browns is Miles Garrett. The guy's a game wrecker. Um, he can literally take this game by the scruff of the neck and absolutely control it for the Browns. Um, it's whether that uh, Texans O-line can give Stroud the time um, four guys like Nico Collins, Dalton Schultz, taking a get home. Um, in terms of the Texans side, again, feels like it's kind of a pretty obvious answer. Uh, yeah. And going with Will Anderson, who's also had a really impressive rookie season this year as well. Um, I think the, probably the sneaky one in the Texans side is probably De- Derek Stingler Jr. Um, if he plays, he's had a pretty decent season as well for the Texans. So I think can he get involved? We know Flacco's a gunslinger. Um, we mentioned, obviously, multiple touchdowns already. I think, it's, I think it's 13 since he's come in, but he's also thrown eight interceptions um, as well. So we know he likes to throw it about. Can people at Stingley Jr. thrive on that and step in, get those short fields for CJ Stroud, which will help settle him down, um, certainly, and not rely on it being a full-on shootout going the full length of the field each time? Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, I can't. 
can't say anything different for you guys on those ones. I think, um, as Ross mentioned, Dalton Schultz, I think it'll be it'll be huge. I don't think he's going to be the player that sets up the game alight. From but I've been really impressed with Jerome Ford, the Browns this year. He's also stepped in um, as well, and depending on how this game goes, if it comes to the running game, I'd, I'd fancy having Ford and my team ahead of the two running backs that the, the, the Texans have got because they've not been massively great for them. Do you know what I mean? So it's going to be an interesting matchup, as we said. So we'll get to the predictions after this. It's what I've found fascinating when I've been looking at this game is w- the ones we've been talking about. We've obviously spoken about both tight ends and Schultz and Njoku being massive players for both teams. The wide receivers as well, and Nico Collins, who we've mentioned, nobody's mentioned Amari Cooper on that. Oh, field. Yeah. And again, yep, the, yeah. two, the two of them are actually, you see, when you look at the stats for Cooper compared to Nico Collins, they're both on over 1,200 yards eh, for the season. Cooper's got five touchdowns, Collins has got eight. That again, stats are really similar. These are the guys that these teams rely on. So it is really going to be your wide receiver. It's going to be a wide receiver tight end battle the whole way for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's that's a good shout. Right, let's move on. Right, there's only one place we can go with to start with this game, but this could be one of the coldest games in NFL history. That's what it's been dubbed. I looked up some stats today. If it goes ahead at the temperatures it's predicted, which is a kickoff. For us in the UK, will be minus seventeen degrees Celsius. That is Baltic, right? But it'll only be the tenth coldest game in NFL history. So they're building it up to be one of the coldest games ever. But there's nine games that have been colder than it. I think it's, it's all going to come down to the wind chill as well. They're basically saying it'll be zero degrees Fahrenheit <coughs> to kick off. It'll depend on the wind chill factor. But to be fair, I wouldn't fancy playing football minus seventeen degrees Celsius. Uh, studs, big story. Tyreek returning. You've been you've been praying for it for weeks. It's now happening. Tell us how this one's going to go. For me, again, the weather's obviously going to be a factor. Miami wanted that, the two home games, they wanted that number two seed so as they could go through, so as they could go through Miami. They don't want to play in the cold weather. Um, I think they made a good effort last year up in Buffalo with was it Skylar Thompson as their QB, I think, when they went to That's Buffalo. Right, yeah. So, and I think that was the whole Mike McDaniels giving it, we wish it was colder type thing, and the t-shirts were all printed up and stuff like that as well. So, for, for that perspective, it's, right, they might be trying to get into that mindset of, yeah, we'd love it to be colder, but for me, the bottom line is, I think the Dolphins are really banged up, particularly on the defence, and I know our offence hasn't been great outside of probably Pacheco, but over the season, we're still the number nine offence in the league. So we're talking about how we've had the constant drops for the wide receivers in KC. Um, Kelsey hasn't really been playing since some massive incident happened in his life, but I can't really put my finger on it. Um, but for me, it is, I'm, I'm fully backed. And again, I, I, I think the Chiefs are going to, well, we'll get to predictions later. I don't think it's going to be any surprises <laughs> on that front for me. <laughs> I wonder who studs is going to pick, though. I mean, <laughs> for me, the matchup that I want to see, I want to see Sneed and Hill again. Um, Hill was vocally bitching about the fact that the Chiefs were taking them to Frankfurt um, on various podcasts, saying they didn't want them in Arrowhead, this, that, and the next thing. Well, sorry, Hill, now's your chance. You're coming back to Arrowhead. It's playoff season. We know he's a big playoff player in Kansas City. We've seen him doing it for us. Sneed shut him down, along with various other uh, number one receivers in the league over the year. Um, uh, after the Frankfurt game, 
Sneed was quite vocal about the fact that he had to get his hands on him at the line. Tyreek didn't seem to like that. Um, so I think that's going to be the most fascinating matchup. It's going to be Lajari Sneed versus Tyreek Hill. Can he shut him down again? I think he's good enough that he can. Sneed's in a contract year where I think he is playing for that contract. And for me, I want to see him signed um, because I think he has been that good this year. Yeah. So obviously, you just mentioned he's done a great job so far this season. Is there any part of you that's worried that Hill comes back now thinking, obviously, I got a point to prove because I'm back in Kansas, yeah. But the fact that Steve did shut him down and there was all the variables afterwards, he's now got a point, a second point to prove and he's now going to be putting an even bigger chip on his shoulder. Are you worried at all? Honestly, no, because it's looking outside of Tyreek Hill, the chances that, the, again, as I mentioned, Dolphins banged up. Is Jalen Waddle going to be fit? Um, so after Jalen Waddle, where is the next waiting for the Dolphins? It's A-Chain and Mostert. Again, two guys that have been pretty banged up, um, certainly recently. A-Chain's had his, again, he's had his blow-up games, but he's also had his injuries throughout the season as well, where he's missed multiple games. Mostert doesn't seem to be able to stay fit for an entire season over the last probably four or five years. Um, so it's really where are the Dolphins going to be relying on their weapons? Are we talking Braxton Berrios as their next wide receiver up? Um, Sunday Smythe, I can't remember his first name. Durham, Durham Smythe, cheers Ross. Um, so it's these these are weapons that I'm not afraid of. The, the weapon you're afraid of is Tyreek Hill. Um, yeah. He can blow the top off, he can get receptions, but I think what a lot of people seem to forget is Tyreek Hill's got a history of drops as well. Um, and mm-hmm. you can't tell me that the cold weather's not going to play a factor in him being able to catch the ball. Yeah, what, what's what's local time kick over here? Is it eight? Is that a late one? Was I kind of? We do one o'clock kick off over yeah. here. So, so, um, okay. so nah. here's a question for you: Are the floodlights at Arrowhead going to play a factor in this game? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it, listen, it's, yeah, it's, it's been blamed on. It's been blamed before. I, I know. So again. Well, Tiny Kill's one of the ones that's, that's mentioned it as well, so um, yeah. it could certainly play a factor. Um, Just come back to your saying about, about players there. So Jalen Waddle is in limited practice, so I think they are expecting him to play. Um, somebody else that popped up last week watching them against the, the Bills didn't do anything spectacular, but he seemed to be getting a bit of attention with Cedric Wilson as well. He seemed to get a few catches last week. He's not going to set the, the header in light, but he seems to do well. Uh, Craig, how was, what's your thoughts on this one? Well... The, the Dolphins, they're, they're going to need all the help they can get. I mean, they, they really are going to have to rely on Hill. Um, they've really struggled the past two games. Um, they were, they were, they've been, they've been really poor. Um, they were, they were humbled by by the Ravens. And with, as soon as Hill went down, not not only did it destroy my fantasy season, which I'm still bitter about, by the way. Um, but, <laughs> but, um Aye, like two and Hill, they, they had brilliant chemistry at the beginning of the season. Um, so I, I totally agree with what you're saying, Studs, about the the running game and how it can be like feast and famine in, in some of the, the the games that the the Dolphins have played in. Um, whether whether they can get that going at, at Arrowhead, it's going to be aye, going to be going to be difficult. Um, I I've just been yeah you know, looking at the stats in in this game to see like what else like what what else can Miami do apart from obviously having their biggest weapon available what else can they possibly do against the Chiefs offense that let's be honest the Chiefs haven't been 
have they been the Chiefs of, of old? I think that's fair to say, Studs. Like this season they have they, they went through that wee patch earlier on the season where they they, they they lost a few games, um, few in the bounce where it was you know, questions were being asked of guys like Mahomes. Kelsey got a lot of flack this season. Um he's probably been unfairly targeted a lot. You know, he's, he's had a lot of media attention this year and, and everything's been laser focused on him for that reason. Any any drops, he's not the worst offender for dropping the ball in Kansas City. We all know that. Um but yeah, whenever he's whenever he's had these mistakes as well, say so the media's just been absolutely hounding him um to the point where they would question you know, is, is is this gonna be Kelsey's last season and things ridiculous like that. He's already come out and said don't be daft, I'll I'll be back um next season. Um so I, yeah, I, I think the home advantage is is definitely gonna be massive and the the weather aspect, you know, Miami Historically, when you've seen these difficult games, difficult conditions, um, they, they they like to play in nice sunny, nice sunny, dry climate. Um, they're, they're, they're used to that, so I think that could play a big factor in this as well. Be a hostile environment to go in. Going back to what you're talking about, Kelsey, there, and uh, we don't talk about uh, much on this podcast, but did you see the story about Taylor Swift last week, where she booked out one of the biggest VIP lounges at SoFi Stadium for the game last week, and then found oh. out. He found out that Kelsey was the plane and cancelled her booking. <laughs> <laughs> well, well she was paying whatever the most expensive lounge was in SoFi for the game that she could get. She had booked it and then found out he was the plane, so she cancelled it. I hope she got a deposit back. <laughs> I hope she did. You can't cancel within 24 hours and get your money back. Not exactly short of a bobber too. I'm sure she didn't lose any sleep over it. Injuries for the Chiefs, Rashi Rice was down as questionable, but it looks like he was in full practice today. Um, yeah, full pra- the only people for the Chiefs side of the ball, Justin Ross was limited practice, but he's trending towards, and Wanya Morris is out with concussion. So it looks like, with the exception of Morris, the Chiefs are going to be at full uh, full capacity for this one from the Chiefs. You've still got Xavier Howell, Javon Holland, and Deshaun Elliott all didn't practice today. They've obviously picked up a few free agents on the defensive side of the ball due to injuries last week as well. And then um, Chief and Justin Houston. Yeah, Justin Houston. There was I can't remember, I can't remember the other two, but yeah, they picked up a couple of people as well. So yeah, bit interesting to see how this one this one plays out. Right, mm-hmm. let's move on to oh sorry, players. We're not done players. Let's not go with the obvious ones here because it's obvious that we're going to pick Tyreek Kill for the offensive side of the ball here, Craig. So tell me someone who's going to light up this game that isn't Tyreek Hill on the offensive side isn't. of the ball. I mean, I mean, Tyreek and two are the, are the obvious ones. Um, other than that, I say prob- probably if, if they can get the ground game going, you're going to have to hope that likes the Devon A chain um, of most of can can combine and be a good one-two punch on the ground. If, if they can, then, yeah, who knows? Any given Sunday and all that, or any given Saturday, because it's an early one. I don't know. So that's in the UK, so we can get away with it. <laughs> Aye, that's fine. Any given Sunday. Um, but, yeah, that, that every, every offensive element of Miami is going to have to be on point, I think, in this game. Uh, Ross, from a defensive point of view, who's who's going to stand out in this game? Uh, for the Chiefs, it would be Chris Jones, probably. I'd say. Um, I just I worry about the Chiefs defensively. I think 
if Mahomes isn't, I don't think if Mahomes isn't up to speed, I can't see that defense holding the Dolphins. I think the thing that will kill the Dolphins is if the Chiefs take a lead and they blow a couple of drives and they start getting in their own head. I think that's the way the Chiefs win the game. But Chris Jones is going to be a massive part for the, for the Chiefs defensive player too. Number two defense on the season. What's that? Number two defense on the season, Chiefs. But you still, be, you still lost to the Raiders. You still lost to the Raiders, and still through a lot of games you should have. Oh, you shouldn't God. have lost. Hundred percent. I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. I mean, you could have been <laughs> number two. Factors. So, by the way, Smudger, see if you come back with that. If that all the help they can get, my head went right away to the ref. So, see if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you could have the number one defense in the league and lose every game three nothing. And yeah, you know I mean, you can yeah. still be there. <laughs> so right. I've still I've still got memories of the one the was that a divisional or a wild card game against the Steelers, and we lost to four field goals. And, and Alex Smith was a QB at that one. Um, so it was somewhat twelve nine or something ridiculous like that. We lost to like three or four field goals. Right, let's flip over to Sunday. Uh, so first up, we got the Steelers at the Bills. So. This is another one that's going to be impacted by the weather. Uh, Studs will give us a weather update in a wee second on this one, but we're looking at um, no TJ Watt for the Steelers, possibly no Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, and the, the Bills are starting to warm up nicely. Studs, give us the weather update first. What's, what's the latest with this game? Well, just there was, there was a note on Twitter basically saying if there's a state of emergency called in Buffalo that the game could be moved to Cleveland due to the, how bad the weather's going to get, so it's going to be something certainly to monitor. Um, from that standpoint, the fact that it could be Pittsburgh playing in the Cleveland Browns stadium um, in a playoff game and the Browns are having to travel to Texas. <laughs> I, I was going to say, it's hilarious that the Browns get to the playoffs for ages and someone else plays a home game in their stadium in the playoffs. Aye, and of all the teams, it's the Steelers. We need to get a picture. If this happens, right, we need to get a picture for Brian of the Paul Brown stadium full of terrible towels. And get it printed <laughs> and blown up from <laughs> Oh, he'll be fizzy. He'll not be happy. Is this game not on Saturday as well? Is this not an early kickoff on Saturday rather than Sunday? I think it's the six o'clock game Saturday. Yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe. Because I think it's Steelers, Bills, then Chiefs is the last one, and right. Packers, Cowboys is the middle one, no? No, no, it's Browns, Texans, is half, well, UK yeah, time, half time Saturday. Yeah, so it's, sorry, so it's just so, two, two Saturday, technically three Sunday and one Monday. Ah, no, you're right. Apologies. Sorry. Sorry, throw a flag on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and Studge will still argue it was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, <clears throat> so Steelers at Bills. Uh, Ross, how, how do you see this one playing out? Um... I've been very surprised with the Steelers, I'll be honest. I, I, I didn't have a lot of hope for Mason Rudolph coming, but he's, he's been pretty good. Deontay Johnson's had a bit of form. Um, I, I think the Steelers are looking all right. It's, it's, this is about the weather and potentially moving stadiums is a massive factor. Because if this is in New York and it's at the Bills, I can only see it going one way realistically. But if it's suddenly you're in Cleveland... Well, that that opens it up. Um, my, I, I think I know how I'm going to say it will go, and I'll obviously keep that for a bit. But um, could be could be a could be a tight one as well, like the like the Browns and the, the Texans. It could be a tight one. 
Yeah. I mean, am I the only person that wants us to give go ahead <coughs> in Buffalo so that Rudolph's got a red nose? <laughs> you, want, you want at least one game where the conditions are just absolutely horrendous, ah, just, ah, just to see how it pans out. Definitely. Um, it's part of we'll throw some stats at you here from the Bills' point yep. of view. So, James okay. Cook, this season, rushing yards 11, 1,122. Two, only two rushing touchdowns, though. I know. Uh, Catch through the air, uh, 44 catches for 445 yards and four touchdowns. Um, so from from our offensive point of view for the Bills, I mean, as someone whose team has been ripped apart by James Cook this season, um, <laughs> from an offensive point of view for the Bills, how, how are they going to do this one? So, I mean, I, I've been rooting for James Cook this season, like obviously as a, as a Vikings fan and a big Dalvin Cook fan um, when he was in his in his peak of his powers um, to see, see his brother doing well for the Bills and kind of breaking through. Uh, he's, yeah, he's been a, a player that I've certainly been kind of rooting for. And let's be honest, he's, he's done better than his brother has this year at the Jets since they've, uh, since they've let him go. But we, we might still see a wee bit of Dalvin Cook in the playoffs, um, as we, as we saw in the headlines uh, earlier on this week. I think it was covered in the, the last pod. So, aye. Um, yeah, like looking at, yeah, but the Bills say they've, they've got, the talent there. Um, they've got players that could potentially, you know, come in and do a job. We, we were joking about even guys like uh, Fournette, that are trying to play off Lenny, you know, like things like that that might be interesting. He's been good. Uh, he's, he's, he's been actually very... I was so impressed with him the last game. Like, obviously, it hurts. Uh, I wish we'd kept him. I love Lenny, but um, I yeah. was really impressed with him watching him, obviously, coming in for a few for a few plays. Yeah. He, was, he was looking at it. Uh, so I mean, he he could come in and I don't know could potentially come in and be a difference maker. I mean, he's 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 used to these kind of high pressure games, these situations. So that's not going to be something that's likely going to get him. Um, guys like guys like Cook, you know, in a, in a rookie season, you just don't know. You don't know how a lot of these players are going to um, going to react to these more you know in, intense games. And you know, you've seen uh, the bottle go on many many players in the past when it comes to these kind of, you know, these playoff games. Um, Josh Allen has been, again, a wee bit hot and cold uh, for the Bills. Um, he's, he's not been, he's not been as consistent, you know, I would say, as, as the Bills. Last season, the Bills looked a much stronger team and guys like Stefan Diggs earlier on the season, again, he's had kind of off, off the field issues and, and everything else. So, um, Aye, whereas in the, the the Steelers side, they've they've slogged their way through this season. They, they've earned their spot, and um, just just one wee shout out because I think I think this is definitely worth mentioning as well. Just from from the Steelers' point of view, you've got to give a shout out to the AFC North when you look at that division and how tough that division has been this season. You know the fact that they might be going to Cleveland, the, the big division rival. The fact that you know, every single team has a winning record, and the fact that the Bengals even sitting bottom of that division at nine and eight. When you've got other teams that I won't mention, <laughs> but there are other teams in the playoffs at nine and eight that the, the Bengals must be going. Hold on a minute. Wait a minute here. Um, so they've, they've definitely they've done it the hard way. The Steelers because they've had a lot of teams like the, 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 you know, in their division. The Ravens they've looked fantastic. Cleveland's are, are rejuvenated. So for the Steelers to surprise everybody and actually get to this point um, definitely deserve massive credit although gutted last week to see what getting injured like that 
you can't underemphasize you know, how important a player, how special a player he is, and to not have him in, in, in that side is just such a massive blow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to apologise because I made a prediction at the start of the season and got it wrong, but I'm not going to apologise for making a prediction. But I did at the start of the season think that the Steelers were going to have their Mike Tomlin's first losing season. But obviously, it proved me wrong somehow because I still don't know how they've got a winning season, to be fair. <laughs> but fair play to them. I mean, credit to credit's due. They've pulled it together and they've got themselves into the playoffs. Um, studs, I'm going to throw a few other stats at you. Uh, for the Steelers' point of view, Najee Harris, 1,035 yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, Jalen Warren, 784 yards for four touchdowns. So just shy of 1,800 yards between two running backs in the regular season this year. That's that's some return for the Steelers, isn't it? That's ridiculous how good a tandem that they've actually been. I think I'd mentioned well, when we were sitting watching the games last week, our red zone was on. Najee Harris is just an absolute battering rammy a player. He really is. He's just... He will run, I'm pretty sure he'd run over his own gran to get that extra yard. Um, do you know what I mean? He's, he had, I think he's been quietly effective. Um, it doesn't look great, but it is all the hard yards he's getting. I think Warren certainly looked more explosive. He's definitely the one you get him in space. He is going to make something happen. And I think that's why, for, if you're a Steelers fan, for me, take Mason Rudolph, put him in the bin. He really, I mentioned that last week, I really don't want to see Mason Rudolph in the playoffs, um, being brutally honest. Uh, but how can you not be excited about seeing that running back tandem go? So for me, that's where, if you're a Steelers fan, you are praying for the worst possible weather. Probably similar to last week um, when they were playing the Ravens. They want a horrible weather game so they can get that running back game going. Uh, to give them a potential chance. You do not want to be getting into a shootout with Buffalo on the army Mason Rudolph for me. Yeah. I mean, someone that's took a bit of a doing on the podcast this year, and probably rightly so to an extent, has been Stefan Diggs, because we've said about probably a team player, nobody. But I feel like watching them last week, I feel like that was a Stefan Diggs the Bills need last week. He seemed to be right in the game. He was making big plays. It was Mike Tupper, I don't know if you've seen that, it was him, it was Josh Allen, and he basically was saying like, Let's go on the field this next drive. Let's basically put the knife in and get this game wrapped up. And it was all about the team, which we've not seen a lot of from Stefan Diggs. Um, so if that's the Stefan Diggs that turns up this week, then the Steelers are in trouble. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, just quite a couple of stats. Obviously, TJ Watt, big loss for, for the Steelers. Uh, behind him in terms of sacks, we've got Alex Highsmith. He's got seven sacks, so basically nearly half TJ Watt's sacks. Uh, and... Uh, Leonard Floyd for the Bills has got 10.5 sacks. So in terms of the weather, if the ball is going to be a running game, um, are the quarterbacks going to get a chance to get time on the ball if they do decide to throw it? Um, it'll be interesting to see how much pressure the Steelers can get on Josh Allen without having TJ, TJ Watt in the, the, the trenches for them. Uh, let's get the players picked for this one. Smudger, give us your offensive player of this game. Uh, both sides? What side do you want? One, just one player. Just say, that's it. You you hit the nail on the head. Josh, Josh Allen. He's 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 the glue that's holding that Bills offense together. Um, without doubt. Yep. Studs, defensive player. Um, defensive player. You mentioned them there. I think uh, Hightower. Um, Highsmith. Highsmith. Hi Smith, sorry. Hi Timbers, the ex-Patriots boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Guy from Police Academy, depends on where you look at it. Well, I, I, <laughs> but, um, I think Hi Smith's going to have to step up and take a lot of responsibility. 
um, with TJ Watt being out of the game. So he's really going to have to be a leader in there um, and really drive that defence and get the pressure on Josh Allen and see how they go for there. Well, I know much. I just thought about. I've just completely forgot about it till now. In terms of people with big mouths and letting the mouth off, Joey Porter Jr. against Stefan Diggs. What a matchup that's going to be! <laughs> that's going to be one. That will definitely be interesting. Um, as you say, both guys like to like to chat a lot, shall we say? So it will definitely be interesting if they two are coming up face to face. But um, as I say the one the one thing I just I'm actually baffled. I was just quickly looking at it there in terms of when you were mentioning the stats. Steelers offense 25th in the league, defense 21st in the league. It's, and then you're looking at the Bills side, it's 4th and ninth for offense and defense. It just looks like such a mismatch in the playoffs. Um, yeah. So Steelers are going to have to have, really rely on that defense. Um, Josh Allen again, he's known as well. He's always got a couple of turnovers in him every yeah. single game. Um, it does mm. always get to bounce back. So it's it's where are the Steelers getting those turnovers? Are they getting them in their own red zone or are they getting them at the Buffalo end of the field? Yeah, no, yeah, that bit. This is Wild Card Weekend and the strangest things do happen in Wild Card Weekend. So it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. Right, let's get to the biggest game of the weekend. <laughs> Packers at <laughs> <the> Cowboys. <laughs> I thought you were going back to uh, Eagles at Boxer. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm not going to, I'm sorry. If I was chatting, I'd be more biased than you guys have been with your team. So um, I'll throw a few stats out at you before I'll throw it over to you guys. So Cowboys, 8-1 at home uh, this season. Uh, winning, average winning margin at home, 21.5 points. Uh, we have only had one playoff win in the last four years, though. 16 straight wins at home. Average of two takeaways at home this season as well. And Micah Parsons, 14 sacks. But to caveat that, in the last 10 games against the Packers, Packers are nine and one against the Cowboys. But I love that. I was waiting to I was waiting to tell you, but you, you beat me to no There's no Aaron Rodgers, right? Um I'll do a wee quick bit on the Cowboys and I'll let you guys kind of get into the depth. But this season I think we've seen the massive improvement under Mike McCarthy being the play call for us this year. Um from an offensive point of ball, I think it was a week four or whatever, where C D Lamb went and banged on the door and said, Mike McCarthy, give me the ball. Um, and since that week, he has been number one receiver in the league under every stat that is going. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that uh, against probably Jay Alexander, I'm assuming they're going to put up against him. So that'll be a good matchup. Um, in terms of the Packers, uh, what a turnaround they've had this season. I mean, I don't think anybody would have fancied that would take the playoffs. Apart from me, I predicted it. But I'll not bang that drum too much. Uh, but yeah, John, what, what a turnaround that has been for him. He's really coming to his own. And, and over last, last week, we spoke about him quite a bit. And they're set for the future. They On the offensive side of the ball, they have a very young and exciting wide receiver core. They've got a young quarterback. And I, I mentioned last week, the only thing maybe need to add is that, that running back that's going to give him the next next mm. five years of, of his career. So, yeah, I think this, this is going to be an interesting matchup. Um so, Major, what do you think? How how do you see this one going? I I mean, like you just mentioned there, the Green Bay Packers, and I I just have to throw in it does pain me to say this as a Vikings fan, it does pain me. But the the Packers have been, um, they've gone from strength to strength as the season's gone on. Um, the whole team has rallied around Jordan Love. Um, they've praised these kind of his leadership qualities. The fact that like he's 
got players going around to his house to watch Monday night football, you know, making up food and stuff. And they're just talking about how he's just building such a, a bond and a rapport with all these uh, you know, offensive um, players. Um, and he's, he's, the stats don't lie. I mean, there was, there was one stat that jumped out that, that I'll, I'll chuck in just now. He's only the third NFL quarterback to post 4,000-plus passing yards and 32-plus passing touchdowns in his first season with multiple starts. I don't know why they put with multiple starts in there, because... I'd love to see somebody do that with one start. You know, one start, 4,000 yards and 32 passing touchdowns. But um, the only other two were Kurt Warner and Patrick Mahomes. So, pretty, pretty decent company. Um, but, aye, he's, he's been brilliant. And I think there was there was this massive question mark on the Packers. Obviously, with, with Rodgers leaving, going to the Jets, it was what was going to be their next move quarterback-wise. How soon was Jordan Love going to settle into the quarterback position? And at the beginning of the season, there was a lot of a lot of doubts. You know, was you know, is he going to um, hit the ground running, or or was it going to be another season where um, you see Ricky come in and it's going to take them a long time to get used to this, this new system, everything else? But he's he's been fantastic. Um, so he pains me to say it, saying it through gritted teeth, um, but. <laughs> But yeah, he, on, he deserves a lot of credit. Yeah. Just to keep on Jordan Love for a wee second, Ross, I'm, I'm not going to get into too much detail about the buck check because we'll cover them in a second, but do you see any similarities in terms of what you've seen with Baker Mayfield taking over for Tom Brady, with Jordan Love taking over from Aaron Rodgers? Do you see, as of maybe being a bit of, um, like you mentioned there, Craig, about Jordan Love is now taking getting players back to his house and building that bond. Is that something maybe that was missing at the start because it's like the players are used to Rodgers' his way? Do you think... Any similarities with the Bucks and Mayfield? Uh, Mayfield with I think there, so. Um, obviously, one of the things that hindered Baker in his career was the fact he was kind of rubbed people up the wrong way. So I think he's kind of, when he's come out of Tampa, he's opened up. He's been a bit more friendly. I can absolutely see Jordan Love doing that. I think Jordan Love comes across a great guy. Um, I was, I've been so impressed with him. Annoyingly impressed, actually, because Packers are one of the teams that just... <laughs> Always like to see them lose, but um, I, I can definitely see the similarities. I think Jordan Love, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I think the probably the hardest game in the playoffs wildcard weekend is Cowboys at the Cowboys. I, I, there's nowhere harder to go. So yeah. So how how do you see the game going then? Um, probably one way. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the attacking options for the Cowboys are disgusting. I think Rico Dowdo, Tony Pollard, C.D. Lamb, Jake Ferguson, Schoonemaker, Tolbert. I think you've got so many boys there, so many fantastic players. It's whether Dak can avoid turnovers, which he's done for most of the season. He's done well in that, that regard. Uh, and I, it's whether the Green Bay defence can hold up with, as you say, Jair Alexander in that. Yeah. Well, Studs, Dak Prescott was absolutely lambasted at the start of the season when he said he's not going to throw an interception this year. He hasn't. <laughs> it's just, it has been the Dak Prescott we all know he can be. That, that MVP calibre, Dak Prescott we seen before he got injured and he, he's kept that going the full season this year. Um, how do you see this one going? Um, um, I think there's probably going to be a crew curse on this one and the fact that it's a one-way street. Um, so, but to be fair, he's through nine interceptions. There has been nine. Okay. He's not through any. Okay. He's, he's through nine. I know he 
I know he did. Um, he put a number on it, and fair play to him for putting a number on it. It was a ballsy move. Um, yeah. The start of the season. We actually say that the start of the season, he got misquoted. He did say, I'm not going to throw 10 interceptions due to missed. Like, well, it was a lot of passes that were tipped or players maybe dropped and then they were intercepted. That was Aye. kind of what he said. He said, There's not Aye. going to be because he feels he's got a better connection with his wide receivers. So he feels that those type of interceptions weren't going to happen. But everybody just went for the headline and went, Dak Prescott season, I'm going to throw 10 interceptions. Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story, Dan. Come on. Exactly. That's coming from a Chiefs fan who believes every referee decision is not truthful. <laughs> I, should say, I should say, a Chiefs fan who is a referee. <laughs> I was just going to throw that in there. We've different sports, but listen, I've not said every decision has been wrong. I've just said there's been some egregious ones. And again, <laughs> funnily enough, when we're talking about the Packers, one of them did harp against the Packers in the MVS where they, some sort of ghost sort of jumped on his back. He didn't have a green shirt on. Um, but listen, for me, I think this is one way, one way traffic again. Um, the Packers have been a great story. Mike McCarthy against his old club, um, or old club, right in the Scottish mode there, his old team, <laughs> um, is going to be a fascinating story. But for me, I just think, I think we are probably looking at a year too early for the Packers. We've mentioned about that young wide receiver room. It's crazy to think Christian Watson's the most experienced member of that at 24. Um, so they do they are really set for the future. I don't think their defence has been as, as good. Um, I think that's where the issues are going to be. And if you're looking at, we're talking about C.D. Lamb, um, almost 800 yards in the regular season, 1,800 yards in the regular season. Um, if you take, if Jair Alexander does shadow him, you take him away. Brandon Cooks is still a fantastic player as well. It's a guy that just goes to teams and gets thousand yard seasons, no matter where he gets traded to. Um, I'll be interested to see who the Cowboys trade him to next year because that seems to be the way of it. Um, but yeah, for me, I think it's it's a Cowboys Cowboys game to lose, shall we say? Um, especially given the fact that he's of one year last sixteen at home. Right, keep keep yourself studs. Uh, offensive player of the game. Who's it going to be? Um, former, <laughs> it's, it's, got, it's got to be the, the one and only um, Jake Ferguson. I think we're all apologists on our favourite tight end pick for the fantasy, but nah, I think, again, you can't go anywhere else but CD Lamb. Um, yeah. Tony yeah. Pollard, I did, again, until I read the stats, I didn't realise he'd actually had a thousand-yard rushing season. Um, he's on the eye, if you just purely looked at him and watched the games, you would you wouldn't have had him for a thousand yard season. Um, but again, I think he's you get him in space. He's certainly an uh, exciting running back. I just don't think he's a bell cow, and I think that's been proved this season. Um, but I offensive, you're looking at CD Lamb is, and again, it's it's the total overfeeding them essentially um, that the Cowboys have been doing. Yeah. And Ross, as, as a defensive player of this game, as obvious as it sounds, it is indeed. It is uh, Micah Parsons. It has to be. He's yeah. a monster. He's a monster. I thought it was Marcus Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say though, Darren Bland could be could be the another choice for a solid defensive player that that could change the game. Was it is it six pick six? He said. Yeah. Six. Yeah. So Aye. he could go. You never know. I mean. Mm-hmm. But Michael Parsons is just he's just unstoppable and I I think that's it's it's all on it's all on the Cowboys to go and do what's in front of them. 
It's a total picture poison with the Cowboys defense, to be fair. When you look, you've got Parsons and Lawrence on the opposite edges. You've got Deron Bland, who's had a great season, as you'd mentioned, Ross, as well. As a as literally a pick your poison with that defense, and it's whether love can stay stand up to that test. Uh, yeah, I mean, something has been sorry, Craig, when you go. I was just to say, yeah, I, I agree. And, and if you're a Packers fan, there'll be there'll be no shame in, in losing this match. Um, I think any Packers fan, if you told them with you mentioned it studs with a team this young and with a quarterback this inexperienced to have done to progress as quickly as they have. This season to make the playoffs, you know, if, if you're one and done, there's no shame in that whatsoever. And I think any Packers fan will be delighted at what the post Rogers era in, in Green Bay's looked like so far. Yeah, it's a, it's a free hit for the Packers, absolutely free hit. I, totally. I mean, and I think, like you say, we'll come at predictions, but if they go one and done, this is just great experience for those young players. We've played a playoff game, yeah. we've been away to Dallas and played a playoff game. And as long as yeah. they give a good account of themselves and we don't blow them out of the water. They, they can walk away and go, you know what? That was a really good season for us. Um, yeah. and I, uh, it was, it was good to, it'd be good to see the development going forward. 100%. I think, albeit Packers fans won't like what I'm about to say next, and the fact that I think last year at this time, we were probably saying that the playoffs was a season too early for the Lions under Dan Campbell. And I that's think true. that's you're looking at the same thing and again, albeit they're rivals, but you're looking at a season probably too early for the Packers. Okay, nice wee segue there. Our next game, Rams at the Lions. <laughs> Seamless. Beautifully done. Quite perfect. Right, a couple of stats for you. Right, the Rams, again, that's another drum that I'm going to bang. I did predict them to win the playoff, get into the playoffs. So the Rams have won seven of their last eight. They've averaged nearly 30 points in those games. Um, the Lions are averaging, shipping 23 points a game this season and they've allowed a touchdown on 66% of opposition's red zone opportunities. So that's that's a good kind of battle between the two of them. Uh, the Lions, they're always the second team in NFL history to have four players with 10 touchdowns in a season. Um, they've averaged 30 points at home this year and they've got the most rushing touchdowns in the league with 27 this season. Smudger, how's this one going to go? Uh, I'm fascinated by this game because the, the Rams have been gone from being... Super Bowl winners to then having a you know disaster of a, a season. You've now got a Rams team back in the playoffs. They've won, I think, seven of the last eight games. Um, so they're on a wee bit of form. And this is a team that's that's been there, that's done it, that's gone all the way. Um, so I, I think from a from a mentality point of view, the players on that team that have been there and done this before. Whereas they're up against a Lions team that haven't been here in, in a long time. And I think you know the Lions have had a great season. You know, hats off to them. They they they, they beat us twice this season, um, won the NFC North and deservedly are in the playoffs. Um you made a really good point about the number of points though that they are still conceding. And I, I suspect that Maybe just the fact that they are, I say, new to the, the playoffs, the fact that the, this Rams team is on a wee bit of a roll as well. It's going to be really interesting from, from that point of view, what, what happens. You now, they do have they've got home field advantage, though, so could be could be a factor there. Um, you know, it's, it's not going to be an intimidating atmosphere for them. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, just, I'm just looking at, uh, you mentioned there, Goff, like he's... 
uh, what, 12 interceptions for the season. Um, Stafford's not that far, but he's 11 interceptions. For, so they're, they're both capable of throwing throwing a wayward pass. So it could be uh, could be on, on both sides of the, the, the ball, the, the defensive um, interceptions could be could be huge in this. Um, but the fact that the fact that it is in Ford Field, you know, it's indoors. We're not having to worry about the weather, which is a good thing. Um, we're not going to get a snow game here, so they are going to try and chuck the ball about, and it, it should be entertaining. It's going to be good fun. Um, I think this is probably the most balanced matchup over the weekend. Yeah. I think terms of, yeah. I mean, obviously the, the Chiefs and the Finns is probably two very high-powered teams, but in terms of uh, two teams are very balanced. I think this is probably out with the, the Cowboys game, one of the games I'm excited to look forward to because. It could go either way. This is one of those games where yeah. I think it's going to go. Yeah, no, I was just say what what I do want to see, like the fact that it's indoors at four field. I just I want to see Pukunakua and Amon Rasin Brown just getting all the yards. That like mm-hmm. just from an entertainment point of view, that's what I want to see from this game. I think that that alone would just be fantastic to watch. Uh, two yeah. two absolutely brilliant um, receivers. We we saw um, you know. Hook in the last game, he get he get hooked. Was it just after half time? He get he get hooked. Sean McVay was right. You're, you're out of here. You've you've got the you've got the record that you wanted. You're like you're on the bench until the playoff game. Um, yeah. He's he's been tremendous. He's been absolutely brilliant this season. Um, really really good season for him. So I uh, to see to see him and I say so Brown as well, who I'm a big fan of. Um, be be brilliant to see the two of them kind of head to head. I'm in Rasset Brown with his bright blue hair. <laughs> you see the picture of that. No, ah, he's, he's got. I think I put it on one of the group chats. He's he's dyed his hair basically lines blue. Oh, I mean, I that. Be fair. I think some of these things look a bit cheap and a bit tacky, but to be fair to him, I think he's pulled this one off. Nice, nice. Um, Ross, uh, how do you think this one, what do you think this one's going to come down to? Um, oh god, um, it's it's as you say, it's the QBs. It's who's going to turn it over? Probably, I think. Uh, both teams could go, it could be a back and forth, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. I mean, we, the running game alone is we Kyrie Williams, uh, Jimmy Gibbs, Montgomery. It's that scary in itself. And then you look at Laporta, Nakua. I think it's it's got the potential to be worth staying it up till quarter past one to start watching. It's going to be worth being tired at work on Monday. I think uh, it's probably the game I'm most interested to see behind the Bucks. Because it's it's the game that pro- affects us as well. So depending on the winner could mean we end up at the Cowboys or at the 49ers. If there's an upset with the Cowboys, we could end up at home with the Rams if the Rams come through. So it's it's I I'm really excited to see that, but I I, I couldn't call a winner. I don't think in that. Studs, you guess is going to be a shootout. I think I think that's the week that we all want to see it as a total shootout because it's <laughs> like oh, um, like. How was it described on Good Morning Football? It was like a wife swap, essentially, where Sean McVeigh basically was sitting in the hot tub with Matt Stafford at Cabo and he decided to send him <laughs> off to Detroit, um, which I found quite amusing. So, again, it's two guys that are throwing the ball about. Um, again, Ross has put it, put it a lot better than I did as well. I mean, that running game you're looking at, obviously, Kyron Williams has been a, probably a surprise of the season. Um, I think he's looked fantastic when he was fit. And to think that he's went over a 1,000 yards after missing, I think he went on IR for at least four weeks as yeah, well. Um, so to to consider what he could have done if he was fully fit for the full season, um, I think's 
really positive for their arms going into next year. And then Jameer Gibbs has been probably as advertised coming out of college. He has looked, at times he has looked absolutely special on that Lions team um, when they've been getting him involved. And again, I think when Montgomery went out injured for a few weeks as well, he really stepped up his game uh, to the extent where I think probably a lot of Lions fans and fantasy owners were saying just keep giving him the ball. Um, but they've brought Montgomery back. They've obviously paid him a good bit of money in the summer, the Lions. Um, and again, he's done a he's done a great job for them as well. Um, so I think I, I think it is pretty fascinating. And again, obviously Smudger kind of mentioned on the offensive side of the ball. He wants to see Pukinakua versus Amon Rath and Brown and going back Aye. and forth, back and forth. There's a there's a pretty average wide receiver sitting behind Pukinakua that I think one of He's no black, Cooper, what's his name? Aye, aye. aye. It's on the tip of my tongue, but you thought again. Yeah, looking at Cooper Cup, wasn't it too long ago, two seasons ago when they went to the Super Bowl that he won the Triple Crown? Um, yeah. Well, the, the weapons are all there. I think the biggest disappointment in this game is is probably the fact that Laporta is, is struggling after his injury last week. Um, so I think that would be the biggest disappointment. I do really think that will hurt the Lions if he doesn't make it. Yeah. Mm. Um, Jameer Gibbs is basically for the Lions what the Falcons thought they were getting with B. John Robinson. <laughs> it's a case of bullseye here. Look at what you could have won if you had played your running back. Or, um, or when you've got a competent head coach that knows how to use their running back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I know it's not a direct matchup in this game, but I think we've kind of in this game we've kind of got the the legend versus the the, the upcoming star and uh, Aaron Donald against Aiden Hutchison. I think that's yeah. that's Hutchison's been fighting this season. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw it out there. He's going to be. I'm going. To, I've not done any games yet, but I'm going to pick this one. Aiden Hutchinson is going to be the defensive player in this game. He's go, he needs to step up and put that mm-hmm. pressure on uh, Stafford for the Lions to have a chance. And I think he's just getting better and better every time you see him. He's just getting better and better. And he's just an, he's an absolute machine uh, coming out for such a young player. Not, well, not as much experience as some of our players. Like he, he's been phenomenal this year. So I'm going to throw that in as a defensive player. First game, uh, Ross. Who's, who's your offensive player in this game? Uh, um so many to choose from. <laughs> there is, there's, uh, I'll get. I'll, I'm going to give one for either side. Cooper Cup, I think, could be not a redemption, start a redemption up, but like it could be. This is what back at his best in the playoffs. I'd say Cooper Cup for the Rams, and if. I would have liked to have thought uh, Laporta is maybe going to be fit enough, but if he's in limited practice, whatever, it's not Time ideal. Good. So I would definitely say it will be Alan Rasset Brown or David Montgomery. It's, it's, it's too many, too many top quality offensive players. Yeah, uh, Laporta he's not practiced this week. Did at not all. practice didn't at all. To the aisle, that's that's a shame. No, unlikely. That's, yeah, that's I mean, a shame. If you don't play in a way, if you don't train a Wednesday, then that, that's a standard Aye. thing, especially for experienced players. But coming into a Thursday, um, maybe the fact that the, the late game on Sunday maybe gives them a chance. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's probably yeah. Well, just just on that on the Bleacher Report, it's saying that Sam Laporta is optimistic he'll be able to play. Ooh. So maybe he's just doing that whole no practice and just protect them type thing rather yeah. than because in terms of game plan and all that it's all done mentally it's not really done from a, from a, from a, from a, from a it's just about the, the 
knowing what plays they're going to run and stuff like that, they're going to need to go on a field to get prepared for the game. So, you think we um, think we'll Laporta? Think we'll Laporta? There's a little bit of regret now. Like, could could they arrested a few players in the last game? Mm-hmm. But as as a as a as a head coach, you're already in the playoffs. You've already won the the, the division. <laughs> get, get your key key players on the bench and rest them up because these these things happen. And this is, this, this could, I, yeah. I know, but this could this could come back to bite them in the ass. Basically, you've, you've no got them playing in this, this this massive game. Yeah, I did make the point last week about when we were talking about should you rest players, should you play them, and I think the Lions were one of the teams that I thought probably should play their players because I said there's certain teams that can afford to rest their players, like the Chiefs. But there's other teams who need the momentum to keep going. And I think the Lions are one of those mm. teams that they sh- and it's obviously backfired on them. Uh, it has backfired on them. I think. Um, I can understand why he's played them in terms of keeping that team, keeping the momentum going, maybe throwing them a wee bit later in the game. So I can understand why it's just mm-hmm. been unfortunate that it's backfired on them. Right, let's get to the last game. Uh, Eagles at the Bucks. This is going to be an interesting one. So Eagles have lost five of their last six games. Did we know that? Did anybody notice that? Yep. Who's, yep. The, who's the only team that they've beaten their last six games? Uh, Cowboys. Giants at the link. Oh. And even then, yeah. even then, the Giants pulled, pushed them a lot closer than they should have been. So mm-hmm. the Eagles are well on a slide. Um, yep. In terms of the Eagles' defense, they, I, I didn't realize they had 70 sacks last season. Right? This year they've only had 43, but they've only had 13 in their last eight games. Their defense is really, really struggling. We've, we've mentioned throughout the season that the back end, this Eagles' defense has really struggled in terms of cornerback safeties. Um, Haddison Reddick's obviously done a really good game for them but if they're scoring D so D's not even getting them any points either so they're really struggling um, it sounds like I'm really battering on the Eagles here doesn't it keep going <laughs> keep going as, as a Cowboys <laughs> fan it just comes so naturally to you Dan that's the only thing I can do to be honest, the reason I've not really mentioned any stats about the Bucks is because I'm going to let Ross take that one away so I thought I'll throw in the counter punch and tell you how bad the Eagles are and Ross can tell us how good the Bucks are and you go Ross hey, after a 9-0 win over at Carolina I've, I'm not <laughs> I'm not the person <laughs> to try and convince you that we're playing well listen we've, we've won the games we needed to win we've, we've went on a run um, for the, the second half of the season winning four in a row and then five in a row but I just I, Baker's really Baker's really hurt the week. he got a big hit in the ribs a couple of weeks ago and I don't think he was fully fit, but they didn't trust. Um, they didn't trust um, bloody. Oh, I've blanked on the guy's name. Our backup QB now. Anyway, didn't really trust him. Thought we need to put him in because we need to beat the Panthers to make sure we get a division, which I, we could probably done without Baker. Um, <laughs> but a nine now. That's I think that's seven quarters we failed to score a touchdown. So that's mm. not good. But the task. Yeah, it's Trask, Aye, yeah. Kyle Trask, that was that I can remember his name. A lot of people are saying if Baker's no recovered, give it to Trask. The problem is, I would have said that's a good idea, but Jalen Hurts has had limited practice. So he's not definitely out, which I did think on Sunday, Monday, I thought Hurts will be out. He's the limited practice. AJ Brown didn't practice, uh, and but Darius Slade, Devonta Smith and DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Swift for the Eagles have all practiced, so they aren't as beat up as I thought they would be, so I'm a bit more apprehensive now. But Antoine Winfield Jr. should have been in the Pro Bowl. 
get snubbed for Buddha Baker. <laughs> Outrageous. Um, it is what it is. It's a popularity contest. But then he goes and uh, he makes that big play last week at the Panthers to stop us uh, conceding that uh, touchdown. And I think defensively we've been good. We need a lot for Jamal Dean, um, Devin White, Antoine Winfield, as I say. But it's about Baker being able to being able to target Mike Evans, Godwin as well, both making a thousand yard seasons. The only duo to make a thousand yards, both of them for a team in the NFC in the last three years, um, for the same team. I, 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 it's all really down to Hurts whether he's he's playing. I think I, I think Baker could go out there and do what he done against Green Bay with a perfect passer rating, but. It's it's going to rely on if it's Mariota, I'll be a lot more confident. If it's if it hurts, I'm yeah. slightly wary. But either way, I've taken Tuesday off work. So, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's, it's a finger injury that hurts it where your quarterbacks tend to play this year. Matt Stafford, who mm-hmm. absolutely battered his finger against us, mm-hmm. um, you'd probably expect hurts to play through a finger injury where they strap up, give an injection, whatever you'd expect, especially in the playoffs that they would do if they can't get him on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who uh, has got a chip on their shoulder about players not making the Pro Bowl studs. Anthony, sorry, can I speak? Antoine Winfield Jr. Should he have been the Pro Bowl? He has been phenomenal this year, hasn't he? Oh, amazing. A hundred percent. I mean, the fact that it was overlooked for Buddha Baker and again, no disrespect to Buddha Baker. If this was sort of three, four years ago, then you could maybe understand it. But Buddha Baker really hasn't done much. Um, he's with Arizona Cardinals. He did not look great on defense. Um, Anton Winfield Jr. has been producing at a high level for the past three, four seasons as well. Um, and again, he's he's been the standout on that defence um, for me. I think the Bucks defence as a whole has looked pretty good, um, to be honest. I think they're kind of starting to kind of get back to maybe where they were when they won the Super Bowl, like say David White, um, obviously one of the big leaders on that defence. If he can get going and get after Jalen Hurts, then... I don't see why the Bucks can't um, can't take this as a win. Uh, to be honest, this over the weekend, this is probably the game I've struggled with the most in terms of who where I'm going with my predictions. This is probably the one I'm sitting in the fence the most about. To be perfectly honest, just because, as you mentioned, how the Eagles have went into the playoffs and how the Eagles have probably looked all season. Um, I think if it was coming out as a movie, it would be just enough. The Philadelphia Eagles. Um, to be honest, but we've obviously joked about that with Kev throughout the season on on kind of various pods and stuff. But I, it's the Bucks. Mayfield has looked great, and I think you're probably looking at that secondary is where the Eagles' flaws are. And when you're looking at somebody like Chris Godwin, um, Mike Evans, obviously free agent, trying to get his bag of money at the end of the season as well. He's stepped up again this year, and probably Baker's favourite target. Um, mm. Again, I've I've been quite vocal about it on on, on a previous pod and in our chats. If Mike Evans wants to fly up to Kansas um, in the off season, I'd be quite happy <laughs> to be perfectly honest. So, it's, but now Antoine Winfield Junior should one hundred percent be in that Pro Bowl. It's yeah, the, the fact that he's not, um, and again, you mentioned obviously I chipped my shoulder a bit, sleep not being there as well. It just shows how flawed the voting is in the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. They need to have a serious look at that because. You're getting players, players that are just too good to be missing out. Right. Yeah. I mean, watching the watching the Bucks last year week, sorry, last week, you could really see that Baker was in a lot of pain. He, he was hobbling mm-hmm. about. He, he couldn't get off the field without 
limping and obviously it was his ribs and you could you could tell just looking at him, it looks like he'd put on about 10 stone gear all the pad they clearly had on you could Aye, see how much it was wrapped up so for the Bucks to have any chance of win this week they need Mayfield to be fit and they need him at his best they can he as they mentioned obviously Kyle Trask I'm not, I don't see much of him I can't really see much about him but I'm going to say that for the Bucks to win this they need Baker Mayfield on that Aye. field firing all cylinders um, mm-hmm. right Pack is it give us a player smudger who's, who's the offensive player of this game well I think Evans is a standout wide receiver here that we've talked about how he wants his back of money studs. Um, 13 touchdowns this season. He, he is brilliant. And when Mayfield has been fit, he has been his distribution has been good. The fact that he's been able to to feed Evans, feed Godwin as well. Um, you mentioned it, Ross, the, the start about the two of them having the uh, thousand yard plus season between the two of them. Um but yeah, I've I've always been a big fan of Mike Evans. Um and I think I think the Bucks, yeah. I've picked the Bucks because just purely because. <laughs> did, I say, did I say that out loud? Um, <laughs> I, I think I think the, the Bucks have a lot of um, yeah a lot of weapons there that the Eagles are going to have to deal with. Dan, sorry, yes. jump the gun. <laughs> and Ross, is there going to be anybody on the defensive side of the ball that will outshine Anton Winfield in this game? I would like to think. I'd like to think maybe someone like Devin White or a J- Jamal Dean's no been at it, but we've got the third best red zone defence in the league. Um, we've got scoring defence for six, tied six. So um, I think Winfield's the obvious choice. Um, I, I can't see past them. It's, it's going to be a, a, it could be a slog. Okay, guys, that's 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 the rundown of the game is done. So we're going to move on to uh, the predictions. So basically, what we do is we're going to use the NFL Super Bowl, <laughs> right? Super Bowl Challenge. Sorry, should I worded that right? So anybody that's watching or listening, go to NFL.com, go to the Super Bowl Challenge, fill out your bracket for the, the, the rest of the playoffs, and get it shared with the crew. And we'll share them on on our socials with anybody that sends them in. So guys, uh, we're going to go Russell Express. We're going to go in our normal rest than one. Decision. So basically, one word answers who's going to win the game, clockwise direction. And when we get to the end, I'll pick the team on the Super Bowl picker and see who goes through it the next round. All right. So, first up, we're going to go the Browns at the Texans, Smudger. Texans. Ross. Texans. Studs. Texans. I win Texans as well. Texans are getting the curse. So, Texans are through. Chiefs against the Dolphins, Smudger. Chiefs for me. Ross. Dolphins. Studs. <laughs> I don't think you need to ask me. I'm obviously going Chiefs. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Chiefs purely weather-based. I think I, I think that's going to be a massive difference. I think that I'm going to go Chiefs as well. See, just on uh, that very quickly, can you just imagine how hard Pacheco runs in a normal <laughs> game? How that's he's actually building up to a snow game because he knows he'll need to run harder, so he's going to even look rapid in the snow. <laughs> uh, Steelers at Bills, Greg. I'm trying to remember who I put in the crew predictor earlier on. I can't remember. I'm just um, up my phone. <laughs> think, think I took Bills, Ross, Bills, Studs. Uh, I've won Bills. It's the TJ Watt factor. Yeah, yeah. I've won Bills as well. 
Okay. Um, was the order of the game? The tiny order of the games we discussed. Uh, Packers at Cowboys, Craig. Definitely Cowboys. Ross. I need the Packers, but I think it'll be Cowboys. Studs. Ah, Cowboys. It's all about them boys. Certainly is. Uh, Rams at Lions. Well. Rams at Lions. Um, I'm I'm going Rams. Ross. I think Dan Campbell might get it wrong. I'm going Rams. Studs. The Bobby Lane curse continues. I'm going Rams. To be fair, the, the, the Lions really have been the darlings of the, the crew this year. We have loved them. But I'm going mm-hmm. to go with you guys. I'm the Rams a full house. I just, I just feel momentum-wise, I don't know what it is. There's just something about this game that makes me think the Rams are going to win. Yeah. I don't know what my logic is. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eagles at Bucks, Craig. I've, I've gone Bucks. I think Eagles are just yeah, too inconsistent. So Bucks for me. Ross, there's no point asking you. <laughs> uh, I'm optimistically saying Bucks. To be fair, I done this earlier in the season. We we scud and he went against the Pats. I remember, <laughs> but can't blame him. To be fair, Same. Uh, if you watch the Pats this year, <laughs> um, for me, just now, purely on the optimism of people making it. I have went Eagles, but that I could, uh, depending on what happens and can lead up to the game and who's in and who's out, I think if AJ Brown's out, I think I may actually change to the Bucks. Yeah. I think AJ Brown's going to be key. I Bucks think we're an asterisk. <laughs> we like an asterisk. He did not practice. He's did not practice. So uh, they do have till Monday, but yeah, I, I can't um, see AJ Brown playing. I'm actually going to, this decision I've made with my head and not my heart, which was all for obvious reasons. I'm going to go to the box as well. I just, I think the fact, the fact that Eagles and maybe the Cowboys fan doesn't come into this decision, I think the box are going to win this. I just think the box, the Eagles are just so inconsistent. They're all over the shop. They can't get consistency. They can't play well. They've lost five of the last six and the only game they won was the Eagles with Tommy DeVito at the link. I don't know what's happened yeah. to the Eagles, but it's so much so that there's chat about his Nick Sariani on his way out the door. You know, from a team that dominated last season to now being like head coaches on a hot seat, is some turnaround. Um, it's crazy. Um, just a bit of news that's popped up. It's not going to make a difference to our predictions based on this, but Jair Alexander rolled his ankle in our jog through practice today. He's now doubtful. Oh, He stood on another player's foot and rolled his ankle. Ouch. Did it, was that him going out for the coin toss at practice? <laughs> <laughs> Um, excellent, I love that one right, Guys, our predictions are in We're not going to get any great detail But based on the predictions that we've just made I'm just going to run through the divisional playoff fixtures that we have just predicted So in the AFC You're going to have the Texans travelling to the Ravens We're going to have the Chiefs travelling to the Buffalo Bills In the NFC, you have the Rams going to the 49ers And the Bucks going to the Cowboys That's what we've predicted tonight is going to happen That's a good set of divisional games, isn't it? Nice. nice. Seems like a very straightforward uh, NFC side if that's the divisional games. Well, you think so, but it's going to happen in the playoffs. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, good. That, that's excellent. Oh, guys, that's been great tonight. It's been a good bit of chat tonight. I love the Thursdays. I've said this, I say this every time. I love the Thursdays because we've got a wee bit of creative license on a Thursday night. And a Monday or a Tuesday, we need to talk about the games that have just happened. But a Thursday, we can kind of 
do what we want and talk about what we want because the games haven't happened yet and it's all up to us to make these predictions and uh, a lot of time we get them right but every now and again we get something a wee bit right um, it's been a pleasure as always guys everybody's been listening and watching tonight like I say get involved get your, get your Super Bowl challenges filled in get them across to us let's see what your, your predictions are uh, I think every one of us that have teams in the playoffs have obviously went all the way to the Super Bowl and our teams are winning it even Brian with his, uh, with his Cleveland Browns. <laughs> wacko, wacko for Flacco in the chat. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so get involved. Let us know what's happening. Anything you want to crew to discuss. The guys will be here Monday or Tuesday to review uh, the World Cup weekend, so make sure you tune out of that because i got a feeling there's going to be some really interesting stories come out of this weekend. Maybe a wee shock, maybe something a bit unpredicted to happen. So, uh, Smudger, thanks for joining us tonight. Pleasure, as always. Excellent. Studs. Good to have you on a Thursday again. As always, good good fun, guys. I really enjoyed it. And Ross, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, it's been great having you on the chat about, about the box. We like to get folk on it. Our teams aren't that well covered within the crew, and the box are definitely one of the teams that we maybe missed a bit of coverage on this year because they have done well compared to what we were probably predicting. We all predicted that the both South Divisions, the NFC and the AFC, were going to be absolute dumpster fires. And to be fair, we probably weren't that wrong to them. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, the guys will catch you on the, the preview for the start of next week.